Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 80. It's a milestone, man, and today is a special, special episode. We got um, Mikey Taylor in the building. What's going on? Professional skater, retired, businessman, motivational speaker, rad dad. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, thank you for making the yeah, trip, man. I appreciate pleasure. it, bro. So um, yesterday when I was doing pre-production, I was watching the uh, the podcast that you did with Drama. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, dude, I love his podcast, bro. It's just like the questions that he asks. They, it just flows so well. Sometimes when I was I was watching it, and I could just see it come to his head, his head the the questions of what to ask, and it just flows so nicely. Dude. Yeah, he does a good job, and yeah. that's all off the cuff. Yeah, he doesn't like plan as far as what questions he's gonna ask. It's just like I'm gonna have a normal conversation, and like he's so intrigued by the person that he just wants to know more. Yeah, and he just does a yeah, he does a really good job. I think that. that's the most genuine way to do it. You know, we like to write like things, bullet points and stuff like that. But sometimes I I don't even look at it, just depending on how the convo goes. Yeah. But while I was watching it, I got um, word that you were from out this area. And I knew you were from out this way, but I didn't know you used to uh, race out here. Yeah. Well, we, it started in Silmar. Silmar. Where's that at? Uh, Silmar is, uh, gosh, it's out by where like the 118.5. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah. was like a big bridge. Everybody used to race out under there. Really? That's where it started. And then that's when it's like after a while it started leading into like Camarillo and then Oxnard. And, yeah. Yeah. So we go there like, dude, every weekend. So that was what? Maybe 04? That was before that. This is Really? Two, yeah. This is 2000. 2000 2001 no shit uh -huh. dude i barely missed you bro because yeah. i had my chevelle at that time and i was going to the races at that time yeah too. that's what we called it the races yeah bro. we did too yeah yeah um, we were running it del taco and camarillo yeah. and yeah. then the in and out right here yeah, we did the same run those were the great times yeah. man I, you, you know it, it's always like that the good old days the good old days but it's like the the younger generation they really miss that man. yeah you just can't do that it's like can't get away with anything anymore but back yeah. then it was sick dude. we i mean there was nights where it was like crazy how many people show up yeah you know it was dude i remember in the del taco that whole parking lot would be full and then it would bleed over into the target the target yeah parking the lot. del taco one was like that was our we went there every weekend like that yeah. was yeah so uh what, what did you used to take out there oh uh, we so we were all hondas our whole nice. crew so at that time at that time i had an integra my brother had a civic he had an eg uh we had another buddy with an eg another guy with integra we had about seven either hatches or integras no way yeah and that was at the time like people didn't really know that that hondas could move yeah. like in silmar when we were going to silmar people were catching on but like out here it wasn't really there so we'd show up with hondas and like we like if you looked at our cars they look stock and we were like the you know we wouldn't brag about our cars we'd underplay them like we were totally like sleepers yeah you know so like dude we did like well at those things that's dope man yeah. so how'd you even get into that into hondas and figuring out that they had that unleashed power so i had so we had a friend who skated this guy andy grassi okay uh past he's, he's not around anymore but um he was like the first person that like shit like he showed up at the skate park with his civic right yeah. and it was like dude fake doors fake windows full cage and we were like what the hell is this thing <laughs> right we had never seen that and and so he like started taking us for rides and like we started getting really into him and then my brother bought an integra and then like i was like dude i want to be part of this my friend justin bought a civic and then i bought an integra and he was the guy who would like work on everything because we didn't really know what we were doing back Got then you. And that was like our first like entry level into like, dude, these things are pretty sick. Yeah. And you can get them for pretty cheap. Like, you know, at, at that point you'd get a hatchback for like, I don't know, four grand, thirty five hundred bucks. And yeah, you'd do yeah, like oh, a definitely. B sixteen swap and we were like cruising, you know? Yeah. So what were the kind of things that you guys were doing to them since it's past the statute of limitation? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so my first car was we did an L S V tech. Okay. Um my brother had a GSR, so he just on, on in the beginning it was like just putting type art parts and everything, and then my friend Justin had the had a the hatch. He did a B sixteen swap, and then Andy, who was our friend, uh, he did a he had a B sixteen that was sleeved to like a B eighteen, yeah, and then pretty much all type art parts as well. But uh, that was like where it all started, just like putting type art shit on it. So was more of your um, your passion towards the actual racing, or was it towards the Honda community, or but all? So 
so how it started, I, I was just fascinated that like you could like swap shit out so easily, right? Like a Honda Civic wasn't that hard to work on. So yeah. I was like, holy shit, we could like do stuff to these cars ourselves. And I liked that. I liked driving them. And then I liked the idea that like you could like hustle people out of uh, out of money yeah. in a sense, yeah. right? Because so many people in that world like always hyped up their shit. And we were like, dude, if we come in and like we're super quiet and like you know, lead them into this thing. Like, dude, we're going to like do some damage. <laughs> I love that. You know? And then we started becoming friends with a lot of the guys. Like, uh, and I was telling you like pit crew was like kind of the spot for us. So we started becoming friends with those guys and yeah. And then it split off to another brand, this guy Loker and we went to Lokeworks and yeah, we were doing it. Do you ever miss that part of it? Like I miss some of the cars? people. Really? I miss some of the people. Um, yeah, I mean, I miss it. Yeah, definitely. I just, gosh, as you get older, I just, you get consumed by so many more things than just all of a sudden I just like, you know, I maybe you don't know this yet, but it'd be like six months like I hadn't even started my car. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much there right now because I have like I was you telling, have I have that now. car over there. I have the right hand drive, and I I probably drive it maybe once every couple months. You yeah, know? it's just when I get the itch, like oh, I'm gonna take this car. Nothing's blocking the driveway now. Let me pull this out real yeah. quick. You know, but yeah, with the business and everything, it's just your your hobbies turn into turn turn into work. Yeah, and it's dope. I love it. You know, I travel all over the world, go to shows, you know, get to meet people and set up vendor spots and stuff. That's awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll never give that up, you know, but it's just like that feeling that you were able to get just going to the races yeah. and just putting a new part on your car. I'm kind of like, I, I've, I've plateaued over that, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like, I've got, I've gotten everything out of it that I want to at this time where the pleasure that i get out of it is being able to supply people with the parts that we totally. sell and then you know see them their progress get on their build yeah. seeing them go to shows getting awards and that's what makes me excited you yeah. know but um right now my new passion is the podcast yeah man. yeah the podcast has me going dude we, we're coming up on a year right now and it, it's super exciting and it's a pleasure just to sit down with you man this is like once you once you work for something and then you see it working and all your hard work starts paying off it, it's a really gratifying totally feeling super satisfying i agree yeah so you have a podcast as well right we do yeah so tell me a little bit about that so our podcast is uh it's on entrepreneurship and pretty much like for me as a skater like i never went to school past high school it was high school and i started skating mm -hmm. and so everything that i had to that i was able to accomplish i had to learn on my own and I just found that like skaters, like with, with what it takes to get good at skating, we learn all these tools that I think are amazing to transfer over into business. And so I just wanted to kind of start sharing those things to other kids that were still skating. Because for me, like I had to transition out of a pro career, which mm -hmm. was maybe prolonged in a sense compared to like when most skaters have to go through it. Yeah. But skaters transitioning out of having to, wanting to skate every day and not that not being uh, a reality uh, I wanted to like help them get through that transition because it's hard. And that's really why it started. It was just like show people that like, dude, you can do whatever you want to do and you don't have to go to school and you can learn shit here and then go apply it yeah, and have a business yeah, yeah. and make money and, you know. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I, I try to do that as much as I can, like hand out the blueprints, you know, yeah. and show the, the simple steps that you can take to even create anything. You know, yeah. like I was telling you when we started Downstar, it wasn't my business plan. It, I didn't, it just started out of nowhere, yeah. you know, and I, I just had the passion for cars and I, had, I was a hustler already, so it kind of transitioned that way. Yeah. But I try to tell everybody, like, if you have some kind of passion, at least feed it a little bit a day. Yeah. You know, give it an hour, two hours. Everyone has time in their day to to, to delegate to something yeah. that they can maybe turn into their full time in yep. the future. But without having that kind of people telling you that while you're growing up, you, you, you kind of psych yourself out before you even get to that point. Totally. I totally agree. I so, think we don't go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So when you when you were growing up, did you have did you have a hustler mentality or did you have people telling you that, that you can reach further than maybe you thought that you could, or did you always think that, that you had more inside in, inside of you? That's a great question. <laughs> um so I I wasn't like the like hustler type in the sense of like the dude who was like flipping like skateboards in yeah, high yeah, school, yeah. like always trying to like sell you on something. I wasn't the hustler type in that sense. 
but I was always driven to be the best at whatever I was doing. And so, and I don't know why it was always programmed in me. It was just, if I found something that like I became obsessed with, I just wanted to master it. Gotcha. And that's really what happened with skating. It was like, I, it grabbed a hold of me and I just never wanted to like stop. And it was so difficult that I became obsessed with trying to master it and I could never master it. And that's why I didn't end up like prolonging it into a career because like I wasn't willing to give up on skating and go have to get a job because that meant I couldn't skate as much. Yeah. So I just like, you know, because of the sheer like love for it, I was just not willing to stop. And then it turned into a career because of that kind of motivation behind me to just want to keep doing it yeah now was that your first sign of your obsession or can you remember no, something before you that? know what uh, so looking back i've always i've i'm an i'm an uh, obsessive type of person but the things i was doing prior just didn't last that long like i would get into like riding bikes and i'm super into riding bikes for like nine months and i want to be the best it was to be a pro biker it was all biker bike life and then i would just be over it Mm-hmm. And then, like, I started getting into hockey, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Could be Wayne Gretzky," and like, that was guys a pro golf, pro, pro hockey player. And then I just lost interest in it. And and what I ended up learning about myself is, the second something becomes not challenging for me, I lose interest. Got you. So once it's like, oh, I've got this down, and I'm doing my thing, and it's not hard, I it's gone for me. So that skating was the first thing that was so difficult that like I was always chasing perfection and could never achieve it. And, and that's my process that I like. I like trying to become better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can definitely relate to that, man, because when you when you feel like you've conquered everything, it just makes everything kind of I just don't feel accomplished. Day. I just don't feel accomplished by it, right? Like if I'm just like cruising around, just like not doing anything, I, I get left that night feeling like a waste. Like, I need to get home and go, dude, I did that today. Whether it was like, I've been trying this trick for nine months and finally landed it, or I I met with this guy to lock down this, like, podcast, whatever the thing mm-hmm. is, like, I need to come home and go, I did that today. Yeah. You know? Now, is is that something towards you want to uh, accomplish goals, or is it more of the side that you realize that the value of time and you want to use up your time as, as much as possible? <sighs> That's a good question. Um Maybe both. Yeah. Uh, I think one, like, I think one, there's a part of me that, like, feels like self-value through doing stuff, right? Like, I want to feel, like, proud of myself. I want to feel like like I did it. Yeah. You know, and if I don't, if I'm not accomplishing, I, I, I'm not confident. I'm, like, depressed, and I don't feel like I've, I'm accomplishing what I'm set out here to be. And it just started in like different avenues where I first started skateboarding and then into business and then into like helping. It's like, I just need that. I don't know why. I don't know if there's like a deeper issue at hand. I don't know. But I know for me, like if I get home and feel that sense of like I I accomplished today, I'm just like proud of myself. And I like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I can see it on the opposite side where you, you get home and you feel like you didn't do much yeah. that day. And then it really it really weighs on you. I mean, for me, it definitely does. And it's not like every day I need to make this much money. I need to make this many contacts. Yeah. Or even if there's some certain errands that I needed to do or oh, we got to paint this or we got to do something small. At least feeling like you accomplished something throughout yeah, that day. Totally. And it doesn't even have to be like money related. Like, yeah. Accomplished doesn't mean like financial success. Like I just want to feel like, like what would be good? Like, dude, if I just like did, like if I didn't, let's say I didn't have a job. I didn't do anything. I just sat at home and didn't do shit. What type of life is that? Like why yeah. would I feel proud of myself? I'm not doing anything to help people around me better myself. Nothing. So I think like once you start feeling that you can do things that make you better or get you further or build new relationships, you become like, maybe it's the addictive personality of myself. I become addictive with that feeling of like being better. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, maybe it's purpose driven. Maybe it's like, why are we here? Right. Yeah. If you're just sitting around doing nothing your whole life, what is the purpose of you being here? Yeah, that's a deep question to ask. And when you focus on that question, you can go through some definitely dark, dark areas. You can, right? Or you yeah. can go through blessings on the opposite end, right? But like, dude, seriously, like, think about it. Like, we're all here for what reason? Yeah. If we don't know the reason we're here, then what's the point? 
So like I'm a big believer in like figuring that out and then spending every single day accomplishing your purpose. Now, did you, maybe in your younger age, did you see an example of people that weren't using their time or maybe something that you didn't want to be like? I had a ton of ton of examples of things I didn't want to be like. I was too young to have this type of understanding of what things meant. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of friends who were incredibly talented, really good skateboarders, and started getting caught up in drugs. And I started seeing basically their talent disappear because of whatever you want to call this, mm-hmm. right? And so I would see examples go, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be good at something and just throw it away. And then I would see people on the good end that would like love everything they did. My dad, for example. Mm-hmm. My dad, like his passion turned into his career. He's a photographer. Oh, nice. So like I saw like that as like a kid going, yeah, my dad's like works his ass off because he loves what he does. And then I would see other parents that like got home and it was like, God, I hate my job. I hate this. I hate this. I was like, okay, I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I, I I was always really good at like seeing people's like pain or like missteps and almost taking them on as if they were my own and trying to like veer away from having gone down that road. Got you. you. And that, that was common skateboarding, dude. You saw a lot of kids like go through some kind of tough shit. Yeah. It's, it's an outlet for any type of person yeah um we've recently started going back to the skate park and i'm just looking at these kids and i can tell that they're the background that they come from probably isn't as great but i see what they're doing and the 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 fun that they're having yeah and and i'm so glad that they chose skateboarding as their outlet rather than something else totally you know in in oxnard right here it's not the uh the best area to grow up in i mean there's a lot of nice areas but most of what it taught me growing up in oxnard was uh, a lot of lessons and a lot of things not to be like sure i really didn't have that many positive influences you know besides my uh immediate family doing what they had to do to survive you know but I, I went through the same thing with just having friends and just seeing people going down those routes and and that was a big motivation for me yeah. not to go yeah that way 100 so let's let's take it back to uh skateboarding when did you figure out that this was something different like in a sense of it becoming a career yeah rather than just the bike or the hockey or um you know what actually even before the career so like skating like i skated you know i skated the first year obsessed with it second year obsessed with it but like the fourth year i was like still every second of every day i was thinking about skating right like at school thinking of skating school ends going skating coming home it was my life yeah right like even skate videos like you're watching a skate video right now i would watch the same exact skate video three times a day for four years wow right it was like it was as obsessed as somebody could be and it just didn't go away and that's when i was like holy shit like this is amazing but like this could be a problem too yeah (laughs) you know like and and then it was like i started getting older and i started getting around that time where i needed to get a job and i was like didn't want this like thing i love so much to go away so i was like i i got creative with figuring out how to avoid getting a job and so i tried to get sponsors so I would get free stuff from them and eventually make money and then I wouldn't need to get a job. And then it was like, okay, I need to go to school. And okay, what's a creative way to get around school? And it was just me trying to dodge real life. You nice. Know? So the the group of guys that you skated with, did you all have pretty much that same mentality? No, no, it was different. Like the guys I skated with were better than me, mm-hmm. right? Like I had like four guys who were just like naturally just like God-given talent to be incredible at skating for me that wasn't the case mm-hmm. i was like the kid who was like i was obsessed with it but i had to like work at getting good at it and even when like i got pretty good when like we go to film tricks it would take everybody else maybe 10 minutes it would take me almost two hours like yeah i was the guy who grinded and what that created was this sense of like i worked so hard for this that like i felt more when i landed it where i think like a lot of my friends it was a little bit easier for them so like they didn't get the same sense of like accomplishment when they do stuff and so a lot of them just like they didn't have the same drive to just like you know i don't know yeah get it but then other like dude i'm i am an obsessive personality and like a lot of my other friends weren't like that so it was like i just was like consumed you know yeah so uh you grew up with uh p-rod right yeah so 
Paul's not that kid. Paul is as, as obsessive or beyond what I am. Really? Oh, yeah. Now, growing up with, with somebody like that, was that somebody that you could feed off and you guys fed off each other? Um, yes and no. He, it, dude, Paul was, uh, Paul was almost like hard to understand as a kid because he was so ahead of his time or ahead of his age. Yeah. Where like, you know, all my friends were just like really good. Paul was like, incredibly good and so focused at like 13 where like if you asked him what he was going to be he would tell you straight face i'm going to be the best pro skateboarder that ever lived wait what yeah i'm going to be the best yeah but everything he was doing backed up that thought right and not not in the sense of like he was just that good like when he would go skate he'd wake up every morning and he'd do 50 kickflips and then 50 switch flips and he would skate with weights on his legs like every single day was preparing him to become the best skateboarder and his mindset matched it. Like, dude, when I was 15, I was like, yeah, dude, this is like the shit. I just love it. But like, you're on another level. Like, you're like legitimately coming in here to like be the best. Yeah. That wasn't my case. So that was like, I think it pushed me wanting to be as good as him. But like, dude, I was too young to even understand what he was talking about. You know, and then it, you could tell like, dude, him and I in, in careers, like we were not at the same level. And I think that was just... Dude, he's just incredibly ahead of his time on like his focus and determination. Even to be around somebody that has that kind of uh, determination and just just aura, you know that that has to be something that to feed off. Totally. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, that, that's it's crazy. It's you've lived like so many different lives. You know, it's I was watching uh, I was watching a lot of stuff yesterday on it. And it's just like the the skateboarding. That's probably where a lot of people know you from. But that it it seems like that was just one chapter of your life. So so take me to that point where you started seeing the plateau and what was going on in your mind around that time. So that's a great question. So when you're in when you're in your craft, it's hard to see the plateau. You actually don't really see it until it's gone. Mm-hmm. So like even like looking at my career, like I can look back now and go, oh yeah, this was the peak. And this is where it kind of became, you know, flat line. And then there was a bump. But dude, when I was in it, like I thought I was on my way up towards the peak the entire time, mm-hmm. right? Like it's hard to see it from that sense. But but I always knew that my career was going to end. And so it was just one of those things where it's like, I, w- I didn't want to have multiple chapters in my life. Like, if I could choose, I would be this forever. Yeah. It just, that wasn't a possibility. So it was like, I kind of was forced to have to figure it out. Just like on the sheer, like, I don't know. Like, it killed me that, like, I was going to do something that I loved, and I didn't want the next thing I did to not feel as good as that. Like, I was almost like, you know, like, busting my load too early almost, yeah, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, like, the first 10 years of my life was the shit. And then the next 50 sucked. I didn't want that. So I was just constantly trying to figure out how I could basically enjoy every second of being a pro skateboarder. And then the next thing I did would be like a step upward. I didn't know what it was. I just know I needed to figure it out. So from a young age, I was just like focused on trying to catapult myself into the next thing where skating was like the best thing that ever happened to me to put me in a position to do the next thing, not skateboarding was the best time of my life and now it sucks i didn't want that yeah did you ever uh consider maybe starting your own skateboard brand yeah do you know i own a skateboard brand no oh yeah oh really Uh uh-huh yeah what what was that it's called sovereign okay s-o-v-r-n okay and yes so i i own a skateboard company um and i i i started that for a different reason than than I would have thought I would have started it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like if I was a kid and like, you know, looked at the thing 10 years from now, yeah, start a skateboard company, run a skateboard company. Like that's going to be the coolest thing ever. You're a business. And, but as I started getting older, I started wanting things not bigger than, but different than a skateboard company. But I always wanted to be a part of skateboarding. Like I never wanted to lose that like relationship I had. So I figured a skateboard company would be the best thing that would always keep me in touch with what was happening. But skateboard companies are, are small. Like it's, it's, it's really hard to build a big skateboard brand. Yeah. So, it, so I, it's more of a passion. It was just more of a passion play where like, I wanted something that like stay in touch, be creative, like be proud of, but 
not a money grab in a sense. Got you. So what's the status of it now? So we have, uh, there's about four of us that do it. Um, we've, we've had pretty big growth each year. It's been about four years total. Um, but it's relatively small. Like Mm -hmm. we don't, you know, we're, we're still under a million dollars a year in revenue. Like it's not like a, like a primitive in a sense. Right. But like, for me, it's like, I don't care so much about size. I just want stability. Like just break even, let's not lose money and let's be creative and like push the boundaries and like, we're good. Yeah. So we, you know, it's, it's going really well in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, small four of us. Yeah. It's, um, it's it's definitely a grind, man. I, I we just started uh, Downstar Skate. Yeah, so and, you're uh, in the world now. It's a grind. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. So grind. so um, take it back with us a little bit. We started in 2009, but even before that, I was skating ever since I was a kid. I wasn't good or anything, but it was still a passion, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, as soon as I got my first car, uh, the skateboard went in the trunk, and it just really never came out yeah, <laughs> because yeah. once I started going out to the races and things like that, that was uh, to me it was a lot more enjoyable than skating because yeah. i wasn't stuck at a certain location i could go wherever i wanted i had friends like that totally. yeah. yeah and then the the obsession with cars grew from muscle cars and then grew into hondas and then when i get into the honda community then that turned into a whole business so the whole passion i had for skateboarding was left back when i was maybe 17 yeah. 18 something like that so fast forward to january of this year my son he just started um junior high and of course when you're in junior high every all the cool kids are skating yep. so he yep. wanted to get a skateboard we actually came to uh, five points yep. right here we i got him a complete and i was like you know what i'm gonna get me a complete too and i should never did that because once i got that i got addicted yep. again man yep. and uh this is kind of like my my passion project that's why i could kind of relate with you on that is that i really don't expect the the skate part of downstar to blow up or anything no but you enjoy but it. yeah it's something fun man yeah. I, I wish that when i was my son's age when when i was 12 that my dad had the ability to make a skate brand and make our own skate decks and t-shirts and things like that yeah so at the end of the day if that's all that comes out of it that's that's all i could ever ask for 100%. you know but going back to how you said that you you could recognize how people feel and you want people to to you want people to feel good um this past weekend we just went to the skate park and we have a bunch of tees downstar tees and we were just giving them out to the kids and just seeing them so excited yeah. man that's what really that that's what really excites me about this project um that's a good feeling isn't it yeah and that feeling comes from being that age and not really ever feeling like that. Totally. Not ever feeling like anybody even cared about me besides my parents. Yeah. You know, and um, growing up with that kind of mentality and that chip on my shoulder and being from where we're from, it, it's kind of known that everybody's a little more negative than positive. Sure. So I wanted to kind of talk about that. Um, on one of your recent uh, interviews, I saw that you were you were speaking about how you made the conscious decision to change from thinking about things negatively and switching it mm-hmm. into positive. Yeah. So how did it happen? Yeah. So, so, so skating, like skating, was amazing. Like you know, when I started skating, it was all good. It was all love. But the skate industry is different than just skating for fun. And when I started getting in the skate industry, there's a there's a lot of negativity in it. And just before you knew know it, I was I was who I was surrounded by. I had just become really negative. I was complaining about everything. It was like, you know, I'd go skate and I'd have to bring like three or four skateboards with me every day because nine times out of ten I would either either focus one or just like throw it into oblivion. Right? I was just like oh, wow. a psycho. And what's what happened is like I started not liking skating because of it. It was just like, you know, without knowing, I became so negative that I just hated all. Even the thing that that got me there that I love so much, I didn't care about. And so, you know, I was I don't even know why it happened. It just had one night where like, you know, I was walking down the street and like I just like started thinking about myself. Like who I was as a person and what I wanted to be and I had this like vision of you know, the person who I wanted to be was not who I was. Mm -hmm. I was a different, I was a completely different person. And like, I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, this is not me. 
like what the who is this like why am i being like this and it was just like like a very like surreal experience to where i was just like i'm done like i'm done i'm done like living this life i don't want to live like instead i'm gonna like take action and actually become who i want to be and it and it was hard like it wasn't like i just had this night and also the next day i'm the man it wasn't like that but the next day it was like okay i'm gonna start taking baby steps to become better and in the beginning for me it was like it like it'd become a game i just decided that like every time i would say something negative because it, it, it was programmed in me at that point it was just going to be negative i would stop myself and then i would find one little positive in the thing i was complaining about and then it was like you know and, and at times it was a stretch like you know like how oh, can we get an example like like if i got hurt yeah. Right? Let's say I slam. Like, dude, I hate this. But fuck my life, right? <laughs> I would sit here and go, you know what? What's good about this? And couldn't find anything. I would always like, like go to like the, you know what? Maybe if I can't skate for a week, something's going to happen in that week that's going to make me better than I was before. Like trying to find something to like have some type of positivity in it. And then before you know it, like as you practice something, you just get better and better at it. And I got to a point where like I didn't even have to try to see the positive all i was seeing was the positive and then it was like you know the level of enjoyment in my life was better i started loving skating again it was like opportunity started coming to me it was just my whole life changed just based on the way i was putting energy out you know so if that's the if the way that you were living your life and the people that you were around were were negative and you decided to make that that switch um did the people in your life change up as well yes yeah so that's that's kind of the tough part about it is like you know you are who you surround yourself with and the second you start becoming something different it makes all the other people think that they're doing something wrong mm -hmm. people don't like feeling that right so what happened with me i either had some of the guys that like actually started seeing change here you know i'm gonna try that too and then i had others that like we just kind of separated you know and it's like Look, I'm a big believer of being surrounded by people that you want to be like. And it's like, you know, because I was friends with somebody and we had like this cool relationship at a point in my life, that doesn't mean that we're always going to sink in who we want to be. And as we got older, it's just like there were some people that we just kind of lost the connection, you know? Yeah. And then new people came into my life. Then I started kind of the cool thing is you start attracting a different type of person. You know, and then all of a sudden, I'm attracting people that I'm like, damn, how are we friends? Like, yeah. you're the man. You know, like, I want to be like you. And then all, before you know it, you're like, wow, dude, these guys, like, really elevated me to be great. Yeah. And then you want to do the same thing, like, for, for the rest of people. Yeah, that's that's something that I wanted to talk to you about as well. Um, I, I've gone through that whole change, the changing from positivity to negativity, you know, being conscious of the decisions that you're making. And one of the biggest ones with me was uh, accountability, mm -hmm. um, never making excuses. And even if something did happen where it necessarily wasn't my fault, even though I put myself in that situation, yeah. that that's where I would take accountability from that. And that has opened up a lot of different doors for me. Now, um, how, how do you see yourself... Um, I guess basically what I'm asking is, is, do you have any tips on networking to get you to that next level? With, I, one, one problem that I'm having is that there's people that I would love to talk to, network with, interact with. But it's just so I, – I don't want to come off as disingenuous. Okay. I don't want to come off as I want something from this person besides – their time or their energy or a, a conversation you know and being in even being in my industry i i have to deal with that all the time people are hitting me up and i don't know what their um what their reasoning for it is do you want free parts what do yeah. you want from me do you want to shout at or anything like that you yeah. know so that that's kind of been one of my one of my uh things that i'm working on is try to figure out how to navigate in those ways my view on it is that everybody's time is valuable, right? You, your time, you have a value to your time. I do, everyone, right? So if you're gonna, if you're gonna take up somebody's time, in mm -hmm. a sense, like what you're talking about, I feel like the best way in doing that is adding value to them, right? So like, like you know, if I'm like trying to be around you and like you got a busy ass day and like you know I'm I'm not gonna go, hey dude, 
hey, can I just like come over and you mentor me for an hour? Yeah. You don't know me? Like, why would you do that, right? But instead, I would try to come at you and go, hey, dude, Frank, hey, I've got these parts. Like, I think they could like uh, help, I don't know, production for you. I'd love to give them to you and just like see if they help at all. Or like, hey, dude, I know you're busy. Like, I've got a free hour. Do you need me to come over and help you do anything? Like, add service to somebody or strictly like, you know, hey, dude, I'd love to just like talk about you. Like, is there anything going on that like, I could help with, you want to like vent to me, like be be somebody that the person you're trying to get in front of feels like they want to be around you. And then it's just a natural exchange where you're doing something to help them and they're going, they're just being themselves and you're soaking up game. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I, I, that's what I always think. Like, and even like, you know, there's a lot of people that come at me now. So let's use them for example. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of people that just they'll send me a dm or an email or something and dude before i even get past the first sentence i know it's not going anywhere yeah right because it's this i want i want i want well dude i'm too busy to give you i want i'm trying to like build this over here right but then there are people that go hey dude i see what you're doing like i just want to tell you it's incredible watching so now you're like now you're like oh that's cool that made me feel good i'm gonna keep reading right and then they'll start talking about hey i'd love to like i don't know do you have an intern or do you have somebody helping you is an is there an area in what you're doing that you don't have somebody doing and can i just give you time to do it for you for free like i will i do not need money because i would love to just be around you yeah dude that's a great way for me to go actually shit yeah there's a ton of stuff that i need help with and i don't have to pay you you just want to be around me? Cool, dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like a great exchange because when you think about it, like money is an exchange, right? You're exchanging a service or a product, whatever. Time should be the same exact thing. So if we're doing something that we're both benefiting each other, even if it's not on a superficial level, maybe it's just like, hey, look, I love talking to you and you love talking to me. We have a relationship. That makes us both feel good about this this thing we have, right? So you're always giving and taking. You just have to like i think treat it like a normal relationship yeah you know if yeah. you're going to a networking group don't go in like with the with the like thought of like dude i need to like i need to close sales today no go in there i want to meet people today pay attention to them ask them questions it's like just be natural and then sales lead to it or whatever you're going out like that all comes in due time yeah i've um I've definitely seen the value in having conversations with people, especially long form conversations and digging into actually what makes them them and taking away any gems that I can get from it. Um, I I think that I've reached the point with with Downstar where everything is running good. I don't have to put much attention to it. And um, I, I always like to say that once you reach a certain point where you have enough money to pay for all your bills you have any toys oh well what if i want this okay you have that okay well what, all right you have that so what are you going to do after that what makes you happy and i think that that's what i'm trying to figure out right now yeah and um communicating with people um seeing people for being humans yeah. and seeing their their real life emotions yeah and getting rid of the the facade of a business owner or a wealth or any anything like that yeah. i think that that's what what really motivates me more than than a financial or through cars or yeah. anything like that and I, I i think that that might be one thing that i want to focus on is getting better is being able to reach these type of guests yeah. to uh provide value to them so um when with your podcast how how do you go about finding guests and reaching out to them um providing value to them so okay so there's there's a part of it that's going to be almost uh i don't want to say unfair but i'm almost a bad example Mm -hmm. of it because as far as value goes like i have a significant following yeah so even like the, hey, dude, do this podcast, and I'm going to put eyeballs onto you, that's almost all the exchange they need. Yeah. So a lot of times I have people coming up to me without me having to reach out to them. So that that's kind of an unfair scenario. The I would say the, what could be a good, okay, so I, I would say everyone reaching out to me to be on their podcast. Mm-hmm. That would probably be more of a, a realistic gauge for somebody out here who's listening to this that wants to start a podcast, that wants to get in front of new people, 
right? A lot of times, like when people come up to me, they take the same approach, like, hey, dude, I love what you're doing. I, I saw this and watched this on you, and this really resonated with me. I do a podcast. I'd love to go further in on that. Yeah. Right. So when you get somebody that talks to you that you feel like they actually pay attention to what you're doing, you naturally want to be involved with those people, right? As opposed to the guy who just like DMs a hundred people, yeah, based on the, the the size of following that doesn't even know what you're doing. That feels disingenuous. Yeah. Right. So it's like, dude, it's like anything, man. It's like be authentic. Don't make somebody feel like you have an ulterior motive. And you're going to be fine. DM people, tell them who you are, but like know who you're talking about before you reach out. You know, I can't tell you how many, like I've done podcasts before and the guy sits in, doesn't even know who I am. Like his assistant scheduled it. Really? Right? And it's like, I sit down, he's like, so what's your name? What do you do? What do you, and it's just like, they just step in, get it done. It's like conveyor belt style, right? Those are whack. I'll tell you straight up, those are whack. I don't like doing them. It's not special at all. So build a relationship and then do the exchange on whatever you're trying to do, you know? Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be back in one minute. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. Get it popping over here. We have all the kits for the K-Series, the B-Series, the transmission, the mounts, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame, 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fucking boss in this bitch hit us up downstarting.com hey and if you got an instagram slide in our fucking dm at downstar wait hit up the homie frank underscore downstar he's the one that takes care of all the dms hit that level up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely yeah i really feel like this is something that that i want to keep growing yeah uh, i haven't had fun like this yeah. in a long no, time this is great man. dude this is great because it's fun for you it helps you get your brand out you're helping the listener get through a lot of things it's fun it's exciting dude, the podcasts are great yeah one of the biggest things that i want to accomplish with this podcast is anybody listening i, I want to to be able to um have our guests talk about trials and tribulations that they've gone through things that they've overcome maybe you know insecurities that maybe they have that the listener wouldn't think totally that they would have so all the time i try to put myself out myself out there and tell like how i feel about certain situations that the normal person really wouldn't talk about totally because i know that there's people listening that that maybe it'll make what we do seem a little more in reach yeah, than, than, than just something like oh i can never do that let me just stick to this job yeah totally and, and I, I try to preach that as much as i can because i've actually been there yeah like when i started my business i was working at best buy yeah. at the same time yeah. and hopefully somebody is listening to this as they're working at best buy yeah. right now and then yeah. get the wheels turning yeah so after skateboarding you um you started the uh, the alcohol business. Yeah, we started a craft brewery. So what made you go down that route? Uh, so a couple things. One, this idea that like I had to figure out what I was going to do after skateboarding, and 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 I didn't know what that was going to be at that point. And so I was constantly trying to figure out how like I could start this company or I could invest into this. Like, what could I do that will put me in a safe position when it ends? And so, like, I'd always been thinking about that. And then I met this guy who became my friend who uh, we came up with this idea because one of my friends called me and wanted to do a sunglass company. And he was like, hey, I want to do the sunglass company. I'm going to call it Glassy. It was this guy, my friend, Mike Mo. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do it with me? And I was with my friend, Josh, and I got off the phone. I was like, hey, so I got this call. Like, what do you think about sunglasses? And he was like, well, sunglasses are cool. Like, they're super cool. But, like, we have a bunch of sunglasses in our industry. Like, it's something that's been done, like, Dude, it'd be crazy to do something that's like never been heard of in our industry. And it was that conversation to led to us talking about crazy ideas. And finally he goes, like, beer. Like, like, beer. Holy shit. Like, beer. We should do a brewery. And it was right when, like, craft beer was, like, starting to kind of spill into mainstream. And 
uh, we were just like excited because it was something so different. It was like we were all becoming really into it. Kind of California was going through this like it's all about craft beer and you know, and it was just like yeah, this is gonna be fun. And so we went for it. But it wasn't like it was just like an opportunity that sounded really exciting, and we were young and like trying to figure out like what to do. And so we just went for it. Got you. So then you guys got rid of rid of the company we ended up selling the company yeah we sold the company in 2015 do you feel yourself going to a lot of investments like that where you put money here there and to see where it would grow to yes rather than just like a passion kind of thing well yeah so so yeah so the investing side for me started a lot before that okay it started when i was 21 and what happened with investing is i i, I remember like i was so fascinated with the idea that your money could make money for you i was like wait a minute, that's a real thing? And like, I'd always hear like the rich get richer. And I was like, well, how? Yeah. Like, how do they get richer? And so when I started investing, I was like blown away that I could put money into something and every month or every quarter, I would make money off it. I was like, wait, I don't even have to work for this. This is the best thing ever. And I started becoming obsessed with the idea of having enough money come in through investments to live off of, right? So like if I, if I had let's call it $100,000 coming in off a real estate project every year, and my expenses were $100,000, well, shit, I don't have to work. I get to choose to work. Yeah. And that was like, I was like down this whole new path of like, I love investing. Like, how could I do this more? And and so, so I've been investing a long time, but something like, I think what you're referring to, where you invest in a company and you let it grow, or kind of like a startup, I do enjoy those, but everything is based off risk, mm -hmm. right? So investing in a startup is much more risky than something like a bond or let's say real estate, but the returns can be different. So typically how I've always looked at it and a lot of people do is you allocate a certain percentage of the amount of money you have towards a higher risk investment that if it goes away, you're okay. And then the bulk of your money, you invest in the things that are more stable where it might be a smaller return. And so something like a St. Archer was a higher risk that mm -hmm. could have all gone away yeah so like i didn't put everything i had into it as opposed to like like if like you look at like the my real estate portfolio i have a lot of my money in real estate because it's a much more stable asset than a startup yeah let's talk about the real estate man because i can tell that that's a big passion that's a big passion of yours yeah. Yeah. and that's so cool that you're able to find another passion yeah um how did you get into that and how's everything going so I got into real estate investing through this guy, Randy, who would become my biggest mentor in my life as far as business goes. Okay. I, he, I shouldn't say it like that. He's been a big mentor in life, but primarily through finance and investing. And so when I met him, he was my first introduction into understanding how money worked, budgeting, uh, investing into real estate. He ran a real estate fund. And it was like when this like aha moment went off or like I started getting money coming in, like passive income. And I was like, holy shit, like this is my security. This is amazing. That all came through him. So I got really into investing. It wasn't until my career ended where like the passion thing you brought up, mm -hmm. right? Like I always knew I would succeed at something I was passionate at, but I couldn't just pick a thing and be passionate about it. It had to grab me. And that was always my biggest concern of like, okay, I love skating, but like, what if the next thing that grabbed me doesn't happen a year after I stopped skating? What if it happened 10 years after I stopped skating? What the hell am I going to do? And that was always my concern. And it just kind of happened where I was going through a lot of emotional shit when my career ended, just identity and purpose yeah. and not knowing what to do. And uh, I had gotten a call from another pro skateboard that was like checking in on me. Like, dude, mm -hmm. what's going on with you? Like... Like, why, you haven't been anywhere. Like, are you okay? And really what happened is with skating, like skating is so community-based, right? Like it, when I would go skate, I'd go with 20 of my friends. When there'd be a premiere, 20 of my friends, like I was always surrounded by skaters because it was like this idea that like, dude, we're all in this together. We win together, we lose together. There's so much community built into it. And when my career ended, I felt like I was like very isolated in a sense, right? Where like I was no longer a pro skateboarder. The majority of my friends still were. And then on the other end, I had I had I had figured out how to financially put myself in a position to not have to 
work or survive the next day or the next month or the next year. And so that felt very isolating as well because most most athletes don't have that. Most athletes, like, they go broke. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it was like this feeling of, like, dude, I'm all about all of us doing this together. Now I'm, like, don't have that. Like, how could I, like, get back to that? Like, we're all here together. And then seeing, like, the fact that I was in a very fortunate situation and I, I saw that the majority of skaters or athletes in general don't have that experience, I just wanted to fix it. Like, how can, like these athletes like be so influential and do such amazing things. And then like we talked about earlier, just kind of not do that afterwards or be left with not knowing what to do or having to survive. Like I wanted that to go away. And the, and the thing that really put me in that position was real estate. Even with like St. Archer, like when we sold St. Archer, I got a big lump sum of money. Lump sums of money don't do anything for me because then I just spend it and then it just goes down to zero, right? I've always had to get my money to work. So that I have enough money coming in where I'm living off that and the, the golden egg or the, the big amount of money I have that's being invested doesn't go down, right? You're living off your gains. So I wanted to solve that and, and real estate being the way that I did it, I wanted I started a real estate fund. And it was really try to, to try to help athletes put themselves in a position to not have to figure out what to do tomorrow. It was like if they, if they didn't know what they were going to be, I wanted them to be in a position where it might take three years mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. They figure out when they figure it out because they did all the financial steps possible to put themselves in a safe spot. So do you feel like skating didn't give enough to people for a quote-unquote retirement? No, absolutely not. No. It's it's a common thing knowing that if, yes. if you're in the skate industry. Yes. So, skate, so I think the big misconception is people think if you're a pro athlete and you have a ton of followers, you're rich. Not the case. Mm-hmm. Skateboarders, I mean skateboarders can make good money they don't make that much money so like like to like reference it off of like conventional sports that doesn't exist like there's like two pro skateboarders that make over a million dollars a year Mm -hmm. everyone else it's like below a hundred thousand dollars so it's like there's such a big gap that like dude there's that mixed with there's no guidance like no one's showing these kids how to do it no one i mean even on the on the point of spending right like dude we spend everything we make yeah. So like who's out there trying to show these kids like, dude, you need to prepare while your career is still moving up. You're not going to be able to figure this out and the whole thing falls apart, right? There's a moment where you're relevant. So you need to be taking advantage of all the opportunity you have while you're relevant. Not once you're not relevant. That's mm-hmm. when doors close, not open. So it's like a big part of what I do now is trying to like educate people and like, dude, this doesn't last forever. It's like cars. This, yeah. this is one thing that cars has absolutely played a huge role in what I do now. Is I remember when we first started getting into it, Andy Grossi, this guy, mm-hmm. he goes, dude, the thing about cars, you'll never be the fastest, ever. You will never be the fastest. There will always be someone else, right? Same thing applies to skating. You will never be the best because there will always be someone else after you that becomes better. Same thing with money. So if you understand that there's a window in performance or success or whatever you call it you need to be taking advantage of those eight on of those points while you're moving up and so i did i talked to a lot of these kids you're like you know they don't think it's ever gonna end yeah you know so do you so feel, there's a lot of passion mixed into it <laughs> do you feel like there's a a lack of ogs in the community like to watch over the the youth coming up and to provide something for for them like a plan after like you like you're saying is is that why you wanted to step up yes well yes and no there's there's a lot of ogs but a lot of the ogs that i grew up skating are still in the industry like there was this kind of this window where like the ogs can just be pro skateboarders forever Mm -hmm. so they never had to really transition out of it like i feel like it's it's kind of i'm the first my generation is the first group of people that are having to figure out how to transition out in an era where there's social media, where you can actually like help people get through it. Like dude, 10 years ago, like you didn't even know what happened to the pro after they'd stopped being pro. Yeah. They just disappeared. Yeah. Right. So it's like, dude, it's just a new, new day. And it's like, I, I want to crack this code because I was terrified of it. Like I, I lived 15 years of like living my dream, being terrified of what was going to happen after. It's like, dude, I don't want to want that. I want people to love what they're doing and not fear the next the next day or the next year, you know? Yeah. So what are some things that you love to do? 
besides Gosh, real estate now or yeah just now for fun um i got super into golfing oh really <laughs> yeah. yeah you know what man golfing's like i i think it's very similar to like the the mentality that grabs a skater because it's so repetitive and it's so difficult that like when i learned how to skate like i'd sit in my garage for like eight months trying to ollie over and over and over and over and over it's kind of how golf is dude you mm. sit there and you whack this ball over and over and over and over it's so damn hard that like I, that's my new thing is trying to like master that with all the things that you have going on in life and just busy all the time do you feel like that has an effect on your uh your family life yes absolutely um a hundred percent the the difference now is prior to the last two years I didn't pay any attention to it. It was like 100, like when I say consume, like it's very easy for me to be consumed and honestly very selfish, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't until the last two, two and a half years where I was like, you know what, I'm, this is suffering now, right? Like if I want a successful life, it needs to be successful in every aspect, not just business, right? Like, and at the end of the day, like what's the most important thing I'm ever going to do on this earth? It could be raising these kids to be, successful in every aspect of life women or two mm-hmm. girls at this point so it was like dude i had to like kind of get my priorities in check and go dude I, i'm i'm if i'm gonna be a dad i need to be a great dad and like lead them it's like i can't just like give them money because i'm obsessed with yeah. my business right so i spend a lot of time working on balance and attention when i'm with them and it's just uh it's like when i was saying when i came to the realization of i was being really negative and decided that I was going to start taking action to change it. I had to do the same thing with my relationship with my wife, my kids, etc. What made you come to that realization? Oh, gosh. Uh, we had a point in our marriage that was like really difficult. It was just like we were fighting all the time. We mm-hmm. weren't happy. It was uh, it was broken in a sense. And, and it was really like, you know, the one thing I don't want is I I want to, I do want a successful marriage. I, I never wanted to get married and then have it fall apart. Yeah. And so I just got to the point where I wasn't paying enough attention on our relationship. And so it was just going through that trial where she was like, look, we need help. And so we went to, we're big believers in counseling. So we started going to counseling, went to a marriage retreat. We started like putting in effort to get our relationship out of this winter trial that we were in and into a better place. And in doing that, there was a lot of clarity and realization on my part that like, dude, I had a lot of things to fix. It's like being in a relationship is very selfless. And if I'm being selfish, it's not going to work that way, right? Like you need both parties to give, not take yeah and so dude that was that was a that was i had to check myself my wife did yeah i was just having this conversation with my wife yesterday um she said that she wanted to get uh blenders you know you guys have blenders in the grass you know it's like a smoothie oh yeah yeah, yeah. right so she said that she wants blenders i said all right cool and then she just looked at me and i looked at her i'm like okay are you gonna go get it because nine times out of ten i'm the one that's going to get it yeah but (laughs) yeah i it's it's i i get what you mean man it's 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 the selflessness it totally of is, it. Man. And just knowing, like, dude, the relationships, like, there's ebbs and flows with everything, right? And just knowing, like, dude, you're going to be challenged at times. It's going to be easy at times. Yeah. You know? And, like, dude, for that, like, yeah, dude, it's like how we need to look at it is go, she wants blenders every time. Say, I would love to get that for you. Yeah. I'm so, I would love to go, like, that, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'd love, you want it that bad? I'd love to be the person to go make you have that be happy. Like, that's how we should look at that's it. That's so just funny. Like, She's probably just listening to this, like, all oh, this asshole right Yeah, now. but then look, <laughs> like, dude, we go, you know, we're tired and, like, starting a business, as you know, is brutal and launching anything is consuming. We're tired and the kids are yelling. Like, dude, yeah. the last thing I want to do is go get you ice cream. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's no. us being tired and selfish, you know? Yeah, selfish, man. That, that was a big one that I had to learn for yeah. myself as well. Um, growing up and just not having that many friends or not having that many people that really checked on me and worried about me, yeah. I was the one that had to make sure that I was good all the time, make sure I had enough going on all the time. Yeah. And then when you got to the point where it was, it would be nice if you were helping out other people, I was more selfish yeah. about things. But once I started looking at things in a different way, um, life definitely changed around man it it definitely changed around for the better man um so back to podcasts 
This is like one of my big passions right now. Who are some of the podcasts that you listen to across the entire spectrum? All right, so uh, I listen to two podcasts that are that are very f- hyper focused on investing in apartment buildings. Oh, okay. So, uh, so those there's it's called a a ABV apartment build ABI apartment building investing, uh, and then Bigger Pockets. So I listen to those two podcasts. I like Drama's podcast a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see what other other ones I'm listening to. Uh, I might have to pull up my phone for this. I do Lifetime Cash Flow, so that's actually three in real estate. Oh, okay. I'm a, I'm a lot of real estate ones, pretty heavy. I'm on I, I listen to Tim Ferriss every once in a while. Now I'm looking at my portfolio, my library. library. I love. All right, I got I got the, the lineup, man. I got mark I got marketing school. I got Cardone Zone. Uh, startup stories, uh, lifetime cash flow, how I built this. Tim now, Ferriss. What about um? What about music? Are you into any? Uh, are you into music or podcasts? Yeah, or music or anything well, like I'm that. I'm into music. I'm I'm like the I like I like rap or hip hop, but I like the lyrical. I'm like the old old oh, school guys, okay. right? Like I'm really big on like the Kendricks and J Cole and guys like that. So what do you think about the the new generation? I don't I, I don't I don't get it. I don't seriously get it. Like I I like the beats. Yeah. I will say this, I like a lot of the beats, but like for me, like I would get really into what they were saying. Like somebody like, you know, like Jay-Z, right? I love Jay-Z. Because every time I listen to him, I'd find something new and what he was saying, he'd paint this picture. And like, I don't think that exists anymore in, in hip hop, unless it's like these this rare few guys. Yeah, no, it definitely does still exist, but they're just not on the mainstream, how I see a lot of them. But main- yeah, maybe still, uh, some of the undergrounds. Yeah, I'm like definitely more on the main mainstream level, but like, you know, like... You know, I always love like Eminem, and I think Kendrick and J Cole are the guys right now. I yeah. like Logic a lot, actually. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of the new rappers. Um, it, I love it. I love the beats, and I understand what. I, I understand what what they're doing, but um, a lot of the stuff I see is just about marketing. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. And, and that, that, yeah, that that's kind of a big turnoff. For me you know yeah. it, it feels like it's um they're they're taking advantage yeah. of, the, of the community yeah but um, i think it's like everything i think there's cycles man like i don't think it's gonna be this forever you know yeah we'll see where it goes yeah. in after this yeah so what do you uh what kind of goals do you have going on that you're working on right now that's a good question on what on what area life and life what would you like to see yourself doing in the next? I don't want to say the the cheesy five year, ten year yeah, plan. Yeah. I don't even work like that. Not anyway. not anything like that. Just something. What What do you like that you're doing now? What would you like to do? Keep doing more of? And, yeah, and see your life going in that direction. To tell you the truth, I'm I'm getting the I'm ha- I'm getting the most enjoyment out of like either creating content or or talking to people that you watch their mind change right a lot of things i'm doing is is on money so like that's not like the most exciting because it's just financially based but like watching somebody like see that like something they want is achievable i love seeing that switch happen right or like the person like you were saying like the guy who like hates his job or he works at best buy like watching him come to the realization that he could actually have whatever he wants i love seeing that and being a part of it so like i'm like I really am enjoying like working with people right now, just like whether it's like having a one-time conversation with them, building out content, like I'm, I'm into that right now. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Man. And I started getting into like, I'm doing some speaking stuff. Like, uh, that's definitely been a cool, I think it all goes back to me feeling real selfish, right? Like I felt so selfish my whole life that like, actually when you start doing things for others and you see the enjoyment that they're having it almost feels better than you experiencing it yourself so i'm, I'm into that right now nice man so yeah before we get out of here do you have any um any sort of actions that people can do to um, maybe help them out of that position they're working the job and they don't think that they could get to that next level or yeah. even get out of that situation that they're in yeah so oh man that's a good one for me like I think you build confidence in action, right? When you start doing things, it builds confidence because you you get better at the things you're doing, right? So I'm a big believer in like, it doesn't matter the step you make, the size of the step you make, you just need to make a step towards where you wanna go, 
right? So if like you're working a job and you hate it and it's not rewarding, you need to start by figuring out what it is that you want to do. That's the very first step, right? Like what what could you be doing that that if you made no money, you would still do every single day of your life? What is that? And then start figuring out, okay, can I make money doing that? If it's not specific, is there a way I can make money doing something around that? And then once you have like this, okay, that would make me happy, then it's starting to take steps towards accomplishing that goal. And I think people get stuck where they go, well, yeah, dude, like, shit, that's going to take me five years. Like, I'm not even going to try. It's not about that. Like, if you do the littlest thing one day, that's a step closer to where you want to go. Do another little thing. Do another little thing. And then before you know it, you look back in a year and you're like, holy shit, I actually did a lot. So it's like, I'm a big believer in having to figure out where you want to go and then taking steps towards that goal always. Dope, man. Mikey, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Um, I always say it, almost on every podcast, is that, and you said it earlier, that time to me is a currency and it's the only currency that we do have and for you to come down here and be on the podcast um i really appreciate that man thank you and uh i appreciate everybody listening right now um for everybody listening where can they find you at uh i think the best place to find me is just on instagram just mikey taylor uh and then you could find everything else from there nice okay cool so thank you once again mikey i really appreciate it guys downtime with downstar episode 80 we're out hi brother (laughs) 